0: Welcome to A Passion to Serve. My name is Don Kutnicki and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm a big fan of storytelling and during the podcast, we'll be sharing real human stories about migrant and seasonal farmworkers and the work that's being done on their behalf. For example, do you know about the contributions of migrant and seasonal farm workers to the United States economy and the challenges these farm workers face on a daily basis? What about services for farmworker youth in order to lead them on the path towards self-discovery and self-sufficiency? And what about lessons learned by leaders who have dedicated their lives to serving others through a variety of programs? These stories and so much more will be part of a passion to serve. I hope you decide to join us on this path of discovery. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 16 of A Passion to Serve. Today, I have the good fortune of speaking with Telemon employee, Elmira Morales. Elmira, thank you, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Don. Hi. Thank you for having me uh, be here in the podcast. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad to have this conversation with you.
0: Well, so am I. I'm really looking forward. I think there's a lot that we can talk about, um, including the preseason conference that's being put on virtually by the Southwest Michigan Migrant Resource Council. But before we go into that, um, I would like to start out with just talking a little bit about your prior work history and also what is your background. Do you have a background as a farm worker?
1: Yes, I do. I do. I um I was born in Texas, and actually, I was raised in Texas and Ohio because my parents were migrants. Uh, we would come and do a lot of uh, agriculture work in in Ohio. So I did that uh, like until I got married, and then I got married and I came uh, to Michigan. And since then, I've been I was migrating to the year of two thousand and eleven until my older son one uh was gonna graduate from school so we made that big decision of just staying here in um uh, in decatur michigan so
0: oh, I but to... i
1: um i did a lot of agriculture
0: i have to ask how many years did it take you to get used to michigan winners or haven't you ever gotten used to them yet
1: I know it. I did get used to it pretty quickly. Yeah, probably one year and then I was on my own. At first, my husband had to drive me all over. But now, no, I drive myself all over now.
0: (laughs) So you're in the long and the fine tradition of a migrant farm worker, which holds such a great deal of esteem and respect in my eyes and... Um, from there, you have been working. You've, you're a longtime Telemann Corporation employee. Maybe we can talk a little bit about, about that. What are some of the different jobs that you've held for Telemann Corporation? And what yeah. are you currently doing?
1: Uh, yes, uh, I started working in Telemann. Uh, I started out as uh, in 2000. And from 2000, I worked in the Head Start. I went in. Um uh, I said, okay, I'll try to work here and see how it goes. So I went and I put I put my application in and that time I was a center aide. Okay. So yeah, I started out as a center aide and then the director uh they encouraged me, Hey, you wanna become a teacher? And I said, Yes, okay, I will, I I will go for a teacher then. So they encouraged me a lot on going like to college, getting my Child Development Association. I did that almost for, I can say maybe like for 12 years. I was a wow. teacher, yep, an infant teacher, a toddler teacher, and just moving me back and forth. I was a lead teacher. And then the past years, I was, I went from a teacher to a special service assistant. Uh, I would work with families uh, for disabilities, with the children uh, for speech. If they would have any kind of uh, delays, I would make referrals with the uh, agencies like um, here in Lawrence. Okay. So, and right now, I came back to Talaman and it's this time. It's a whole year, year year-round job where I'm a field service representative, and I'm still working with migrant and seasonal farm workers. I do um, outreach with uh, migrants and seasonal farm workers as and try to help them out. Like they, like Talaman, helped me achieve my goals. So I think now I'm in a position where I can. Help my clients achieve their goals.
0: So I'm not sure. I don't think the migrant head start line of business for Telemont Corporation. I don't think they've forgiven us yet for you moving <laughs> over and working for Employment and Training Services now. But we are we are so happy to have you working with us as a field service representative. Could you briefly describe some of your job responsibilities as a field service rep?
1: Yes, uh, some of my job responsibility is going, doing outreach. Uh, well, but since right now with the COVID-19, it's been a little bit hard doing outreach, but I do mouth by mouth, like some friends that I know that they work at nurseries and or at factories, I'll just explain what I do and they'll they'll pass the word and then i just have calls they call me and they and i just pre-screen them and see if they qualified and if they qualified i'll do all the necessary all the work that i need to do with them so
0: you know what's kind of interesting i've talked to and i've interviewed former other telemind employees and i would usually ask them the question For example, what is the day in the life like for a field service representative? And what makes our conversation a little unique, Omaira, is that there's nothing typical about what's been going on these past few months because of COVID-19 and working from home. How have you adjusted? I know that, for example, for all of us, the role that technology plays in our day-to-day activity has increased even more in terms of its importance, but how have you been using technology to maintain communication to continue you're still a relatively new employee how has that been utilized for your own professional development can you describe and and talk a little bit about what what it's been like since COVID-19 and we've been working from home
1: yes um well it's a challenge but thanks to my supervisors my co-workers they've been helping me a lot um I was We went into lockdown on March 17, and it was just barely one month that I had started with um, NFJP. So um, I've been learning a lot through sharing screens, uh, doing a lot of uh, talk with my supervisor over the phone, uh, a lot of emails. Uh, There's been, like, things that I never thought that I could handle or do but I learned how to do all that uh well, I, they would walk me through it and it's 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 at first it was a little bit challenging because uh I was used to getting up in the morning going to work but then I had to get used to starting my day here at home so it was a little bit charli- challenging but now no I think it's it's it. I like it now. I like it. And now I'm going to have to get
0: used to working from the office. I know. I know. <laughs> Pretty soon we're, we're having those conversations around uh, right now about um, the protocol that's going to have to be finalized and, and adhered to before we go back into the office. But the conversations and the action is moving in that direction. I do agree with you. I think there was a really huge learning curve for all of us when it came to the technology And I also feel that it's going to make us that much better, even after things eventually go a little bit more back to normal. Uh, Have you had a lot of interaction? I have noticed it seems that a lot of our staff are maintaining communication, whether through email or go to meetings. And it sounds like that has been useful as well, just just so you don't feel isolated in your work responsibilities.
1: No, I don't. I don't. Like I said at the beginning, it was kind of hard because I wasn't used to uh, conference calls or audio, uh, like seeing me in the in the computer and all that. But uh, yes, I had a lot of support, especially from my supervisor. Um, they've been I mean, I, I think I couldn't done it without him showing me all the steps the right way, and I'm still learning.
0: Absolutely. Do you have any specific goals um, when you're conducting and you're doing your work? Is there any specific outcome in mind that you have when you're interacting with folks who might become um, participants of the National Farmworker Jobs Program?
1: Uh, yeah, Yeah, just maybe like have them Take a lot of notes because that's what you need. Take a lot of notes and keep on just asking questions.
0: Okay, fantastic. (laughs) So in keeping with this whole theme of technology, the Southwest Michigan Migrant Resource Council, which I've always been impressed with the amount of support and activities that go on each and every year with that group, they weren't willing to concede their preseason conference and they are having their online virtual conference tomorrow on June 17th and this episode will be available on that day as well what are you hoping to accomplish from this conference what is some of uh some of what you hope to take away from it and what do you know about the conference at this point
1: uh i hope i hope i can learn um Get a lot of information from the agencies that are going to be there because uh, I think that's one important one important thing that uh, I need to have all that information. So when one of my customer, my clients, I need to refer them to one of them, I can be, like, on top of it and say and refer those persons to those agencies. I- so I hope I just... I just hope I just get a lot of information from the conference.
0: I agree that I don't know how much or if at all that I'll be able to participate on it, but I'm definitely going to, or I'm hoping a lot of it's going to be recorded so I can go back to it. And I, I do think that's one of the real strengths of all of our migrant resource, count, resource councils, that it's such an important way for us to stay connected. And I think right now, in light of the pandemic, it's even that much more important for us to stay in contact with each other because a lot of information is changing by the week, sometimes seemingly by the day, whether it's executive orders coming from the governor's office, whether it's something specific to COVID-19, are we seeing a spike in cases? Are we seeing a reduction in cases? Or, you know, things such as are we seeing more families coming back and returning to Southwest Michigan, for example? So I think the information sharing and the connections that we have are really vital to how we function. Um,
1: Yes, yes, I think so, especially like for the families. Uh, Some of the families might still be thinking that we're not going to do outreach with them. And if they see the conference, they will get an idea that we're still doing the outreach.
0: You know what I was thinking, too, that what makes you such a powerful presence and an important employee with Telemont Corporation is you spent the majority of your life as a farm worker, and then you've contributed and worked as a Head Start employee, and now you're on the employment and training line of business for Telemont Corporation. I, to me, that that's such a powerful message that you can convey to the families who you're speaking with. They can see what's possible and what's out there and what's available for them has that been your experience?
1: Yes. Yes. Cause, um, on my role is, uh, I want better for my customers to have better life, better educations for them. So by me, uh, having communication with these families, uh, and telling them my background, I at least give them a little bit of effort, uh, for them to keep on moving. So I think, that's like a very powerful thing that I could just have that communication with them, sit down and talk to those families.
0: So I only have one final question for you, and it's been one that I've been saying fairly frequently since um, the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Um, Are there any particular things happening in your life that's inspirational to you, that's bringing you joy, Um, whether it has to do with your family or something work-related. What is inspiring you, and what are you feeling grateful about?
1: I'm grateful that my family is all healthy right now, Uh, and also that I became a grandma uh, back in April, my first grandkid. And uh, what keeps me motivated is my family. My family, my work, because I really love the work that I do, especially communicating with the families, the families that I sometimes have known since I started working at the Head Start, uh, like offering them with the now that I got something else to offer them, the family. So that's what keeps me motivated.
0: That's fantastic. And as anyone who knows me for longer than 30 seconds, I'm I became a a first-time grandparent almost two years ago, July, um, my granddaughter is going to turn two. And she I'm fortunate she lives here with me. So (laughs) every day I get at least a little bit of time to view the world through the eyes of a two-year-old, which is like the best thing in the world. So thank you so much for your time speaking with me today, Amira, and a passion to serve. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me here.
0: Thank you for listening to A Passion to Serve. A Passion to Serve listeners are now able to leave a voicemail message and offer your input about the episode or episodes you've been listening to. Please use the link provided to leave your message and I will include your comments during an upcoming episode. Our next episode of A Passion to Serve will feature Mr. Juan Marinas, one of the commissioners for the Hispanic Latino Commission of Michigan. Mr. Marinas will be discussing the 2020 Census if you like this show, remember to please leave us a rating or review. It really helps. Until next time.